That's what it sounded like at the recent Unity Sabbath event put on for Canadian Jewish University students. It happened on a Friday evening. About 200 students joined online from across the country. They lit the Sabbath candles together. They learned some Torah. But they also turned to each other to gather strength to face anti-Semitism and anti-Israel rhetoric and boycotts on campus when classes resumed this fall. The fact that the event was organized at all is significant because pro-Israel groups, including Hillel, Hasbara, and Stand With Us, have been very worried about what Jewish university students have been experiencing, and not just since May, when the fighting broke out between Israel and Hamas. It's actually hard to keep track of all the campus battles Jewish groups have been facing, but here are a few recent examples. In BC, a student living in residence at UBC had her mezuzah damaged twice, and the police were called in. Western University's Muslim Students Club demanded the school ban all Zionist rhetoric on campus, and that might mean Israeli clubs. Just last week, York University's Students' Union members took a training workshop on anti-Semitism, but they held it on a Jewish holiday, and they invited the pro-BDS Independent Jewish Voices group to conduct it, rather than the expert who was recommended by Hillel. So with at least 9,000 Jewish students attending Canadian universities, according to a recent estimate, what kind of climate are they facing? My perception is that I wouldn't be concerned for your kids' physical safety. I would be concerned perhaps for their mental safety. I would be concerned for their emotional safety. Um, We don't know what campus will be like going forward because we've been on social media for the last year. I'm Ellen Besner. And this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Chaim Cates is currently in his first year of medical school in his hometown of Calgary. But for the last 10 years, he was in Toronto and at the forefront of campus Jewish advocacy at the U of T, where he was taking his PhD in biomedical engineering. You might have read about him because Cates took on the U of T's Graduate Students' Union over its policies of charging mandatory student fees to their 18,000 members and then using some of that money to support the anti-Israel BDS movement. It took five years of appeals and some help from community organizations, including B'nai B'rith, but in February, the U of T sided with Cates, and not only did they find the Graduate Students' Union violating its own anti-discrimination policies by focusing so much on Israel, but they now have to fix their bylaws, they have to make the BDS fees refundable, and they have to comply with Ontario's Human Rights Code. They have a year to do it, but so far observers say nothing's been done. Coming up, we'll talk to Chaim Cates and also to Rachel Dadouche. She's doing her PhD in the field of maternal fetal medicine at the U of T, and they'll discuss what awaits Jewish students on campus. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. Hi, everyone. I'm Nina, and my husband, Mordechai Glick. And we're happy to be a part of the CJN podcast. 
Monday was the official opening of the newest building at Toronto's Prosserman Jewish Community Centre. It's the Chef Family Complex, and it contains the fitness centre with three pools and running and cycling tracks and courts for pickleball and other outdoor sports and, of course, the famous steam room, or Schwitz. The new building replaces one torn down back in 2009. It had been a landmark at Bathurst and Shepherd for nearly 50 years, and it was supposed to open several years ago, but thanks to the recession and then COVID, it was delayed until now. There will be one more project to come in the new JCC. The Newberger Holocaust Education Centre is moving there too, from its current site across the parking lot. Meanwhile, Montreal's Holocaust Museum is going to be moving too. Officials have bought a property in the historic Jewish neighbourhood around St. Lawrence Boulevard. The new site is slated to break ground in 2023 and open in 2025. Chaim Cates and Rachel Dadouche helped organize the Unity Sabbath event for Jewish students that we opened this podcast with. And they join me now to explain why they felt it was needed. Hillel has called it the Unity Shabbat. Um, a chance to show optimism, but also determination not to be intimidated. Um, do you think that Jewish students can live a full and open Jewish life this fall on Canadian university campuses? You want me to start with that one, Rachel? Uh, sure. I, yeah, so I think something I, I was raised with is that perception is everything. Right. And so if I were to tell you that I think that a Jewish student on campus in September is going to get thrown money at, I mean, I've heard Jewish students that that's happened to not in the springtime. Right. But like at different campuses at U of T, that has happened. Like Jewish comments have been thrown at people. I've heard that through friends. I've heard that through the, the work that we've done. Like that happens in general as living as a Jew, regardless on campus in Canada. anti-Semitic acts, we know they're on the rise, right? Like that's, it's a reality. If I were to say I'm concerned for the physical safety of a Jewish student, I, I don't think that personally that would be the case. But I think the biggest issue for me is that that's a perception of Jews, right? So like perception is reality. And when Jews feel like they can't show their outwardly symbols, I've heard Jews say to me, right? Like, I don't know if I can show my Star of David. I don't know if I should wear my kippah if I'm an observant Jew, right? That kind of mentality, I'm worried about being targeted. That's the sentiment that Jews are feeling going back into campus. And that's kind of what we need to, you know, combat in the in the sense that we... We don't go to universities to fight. We go there to learn. And unfortunately, it's become this situation where in order to stand up and be proud of being Jewish, it has become this kind of both internal and external fight. So my perception is that I wouldn't be concerned for your kids' physical safety. I would be concerned perhaps for their mental safety. I would be concerned for their emotional safety. Um we don't know what campus will be like going forward because we've been on social media for the last year. I could be horribly wrong and it could be their physical safety is at risk. And I I would be willing to admit that I'm wrong at that case because we've all been isolated for about a year and a half now. And it's, it's this unknown. And that's kind of even a scarier thing, given what happened on social media this last spring, given the fact that we're all coming back, you're going to have two years of new students all meeting each other. 
it's a very scary unknown and it's incumbent upon us as the Jewish community to come together and make us feel as supported as possible going into that unknown and to try and create a space in which you know, hey, I should be able to show a Star of David. I should be able to wear earrings that say, that have a hamsa on them. I should be able to wear a kippah. I should be able to put on tefillin, right? These are outwardly Jewish symbols I should be able to do. And if I feel in any way that I'm not able to do them, these are the people I should be able to go to and talk about it. There could there could be definitely uh, incidents come the fall, depending on those little details. Um, but yeah, the average student, uh, I don't think we're at a place yet where the average student would uh, be attacked at, as outwardly as they are, especially in the States. Uh, we're a few years behind that. Hopefully we never get there. But as Chaim said, uh, that could happen. I will also say that um, I'd encourage the community to kind of, we're at a stage where we we can show that we're Jewish. I don't, not taking off any of my jewelry uh, that indicates I'm Jewish. I don't hide that I'm Jewish. I got married in Israel. My colleagues know that. And I think showing who we are and um, not being afraid of that is actually in a way, it's a, it's a way to not get attacked and, and to, it shows a sign of it demands some respect from from the people around you because you're not afraid to show who you are. Now, there is some positive news. Uh, University of Guelph came out recently uh, and said uh, that they apologize for anti-Semitic. You're smiling. Um, I went to Guelph. Ah, okay. So you're aware, of course, of this. And University of Calgary, um, I actually interviewed them myself. And when they heard about some of the feelings of the university students at Hillel, feeling that they were unsafe, they promised that they would, you know, deal with this and they had conversations. So in pockets, there is some, some uh, allyship that uh, on campus, but it's small and, and rare. There's some sign of positive change. Um, I think that needs to happen more for there to be change on a larger scale. Um, right now, the general trend isn't in our favor. And the culture, there's a culture shift. It's becoming socially acceptable to be anti-Israel, anti-Semitic. There are ways to, to get around not being caught, very easy ways to get not being caught. And we do need more from the non-Jewish community to uh, protect us. Well, yeah. there was the anti-Semitic, anti-Semitism summit, Chaim, which you, I think it was you that you spoke at in July, right? So the government of Canada took this on. Um, you know, we'll wait and see. You wanted to add something. Yeah, so I was just going to say that, I mean, uh, Rachel said it's socially acceptable. Uh, and I think I said that earlier as well, to kind of be anti-Semitic uh, in these spaces. And I, I would almost add it socially encouraged uh, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I think we we take the small victories where we can, but realize that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a lot of support that we need from our administration, right? Like if, if, if we're trying to deal with our own students, we need administration support. And sometimes that cannot be as evident as we would want it to be. So you mentioned a couple of different uh, um, events or different uh, kind of posts. And, you know, that would be great to see from other institutions, too. Uh, just to try and see that. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. 
Don't forget to tune in on Wednesday. The CJN's got an online event with Treasure Trove writer David Matlow. Matlow has the world's largest collection of Theodore Herzl memorabilia, and he'll be talking about the history of Israel's pavilions at world fairs, including the one that just opened this week in the United Arab Emirates. The webinar starts at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, that's 10 Pacific, and you have to register to watch, so the link is in our show notes. We'll end today's episode with a little more about the new fitness centre at Toronto's Prosserman JCC. We got a sneak peek at the place before it opened, and our Yoni Goldstein asked Stephen Gray, the manager, what's new? So right now you're seeing the entire fitness centre, so, so lots of options for all different levels of fitness, you know, specific within this space. Uh, a member would typically come maybe do their own thing, whether it be cardio, strength training, a combination of both. Uh, we also have a pretty extensive personal training team. Um, so our personal trainers will connect with each and all of our members. And then outside of the fitness center, we have program studios. We have a boxing studio down the hall, a gymnasium upstairs. So things for uh, youth sport development. We have programs for teens to get them excited about fitness. Uh, programs for adults and programs for seniors as well whether it be yoga, Pilates, and and so much more.